Yeah, imagine Danny O'Donnell seeing it. Maybe it was. Motherfucker. Listen, listen, motherfucker. I'm going to break you and that fucking Leeds boy's arms if you don't take pretty little girl from Oma off the podcast. Love and kisses, Daniel. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast with Tebs and Com, bringing you a hearty serving of movie legally podcasting legal, one hundred percent. Well, no, up until now it has been the barely legal Movie Chef podcast, but we are now going to be look. Hello, everybody. Tebs, Com, say hello, Com. Hi. We uh, had his hand slapped because apparently, <laughs> I mean, even though I worked for a media broadcasting company and regularly had conversations with people about copyright theft. Um, Apparently, we're not allowed to use music at the end of our podcasts. Apparently, we're thieves. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so, and, and someone's obviously fucking dobbed us in. So, if the person who's dobbed us in is listening to this, fair play to you because we're thieves. <laughs> we deserve oh, yeah, it. Yeah, we absolutely deserve it because we make precisely fuck all from this podcast. Yeah. We yeah. just want to put a little song. But no, whoever's grass, look at us, whoever's fucking grass. I would play that clip from Train Spotting where Begby goes, no cunt's leaving until we find out who did it. But we're not allowed to play that <laughs> Robert clip. Robert Carlyle will see us. Well, apparently, right. Okay, we, we Our podcasting host platform thing is Anchor. We're, we love you, Anchor. Thanks very much. You do everything and it's all free. So thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. This is all satirical right now. But they sent an email through and I had to basically select the episode. Basically, what I'm saying, dear listener, is you're going to notice the feed of our podcast is going to be regurgitating some really old episodes. And we're not just like them creeps that retreat their own retweet from years ago. We're not trying to just force new episodes on you. That's the old shit. You're going to see a lot. Being yeah, we don't we don't want to be sued. So the anchor asked me if the above content, this was from um, Whatever Happened to Joey Kramer episode. That was like episode, oh, fuck, I thought that was like episode two. No, episode five, and uh, episode four, sorry. And it was the, and it's uh, the content in there is I get around by the Beach Boys. So he just, I bet I get around because of the end of Flight and the Navigator. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? Because Mike Love is a big Trump bastard now. So he's been listening to the podcast, driving around this fucking Harley <laughs> Davidson or whatever. 98, year, 2000 year old fucking Mike Love. And he's been pissed off about it. And I had to, I had to declare to Anka, the above content in my podcast was directly licensed from the copyright owner. Nah, Beach Boys. Nah. Yeah. Uh, the above, the above content in my podcast constitutes quotation, criticism, review, parody, caricature, pastiche, or other legal copyright exception. Could you say that we put in a us putting a song at the end of an episode is a pastiche for the fact we've just been talking about Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stefani? Uh-huh. I would say, well, maybe just because, well, do you know what? Actually, we were, I kind of defended Gwen Stefani. Yes, we called her a stupid bitch, but, you know, we said she wasn't a racist. So, I mean, if someone or, called me a stupid fucker and, and not a racist, I'd be happy about that. 
the above content is not being used, so I would like my podcast to be reviewed again. This content has never been in my podcast. Imagine I have to do that for all of them, and it makes somebody over at Ancaf to go and listen through every single episode. Like oh, more lessons. <laughs> more oh, yeah, lessons. we'll get the we'll get the listens up. So basically, I've got to declare it. So I thought, yeah, that, it took me about three minutes to to edit the pod, you know, the song out. It's not really that much. And then I realized this is. Uh, like episode 190 <laughs> and a lot of the earlier episodes have got clips and stuff and i'm like oh for fuck's sake so you're gonna see if, why not go revisit some old some old episodes <laughs> see um, why we make it taken off the air what's happened this week so you had a good week sorry i went straight into the uh legal shit first i have had an okay week um something has taken over my life in the last week and that something would be GoldenEye getting released on Game Pass. Oh, yes, yes. And that is literally all I've been doing. Now, I'm trying to get people in my house, the four people downstairs right at this minute, or sorry, three people, um, to... Oh, I'm gonna to say. Yeah, <laughs> the cat. Um, trying to get the, the, the three people down downstairs to do multiplayer with me, and yet they haven't done multiplayer. Um, so I've been, uh, doing, I've been doing the storyline. Hello. You can't, it's not online multiplayer. What? No, no. Switch is the own is only online multiplayer, and Xbox hasn't been done for yet. But hopefully, hopefully it'll come up. Hopefully it'll come up. But yes, that's 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 literally what I've been doing last week. Nice. Um, I've still got the PS2 to hook up to play uh, everything or nothing. Brilliant. Best best Bond game ever. Better than Goldeneye. There, bang, said it. I went out. I went out the other day. I think, well, not the other day. It was about three weeks ago. I was asking you about WWF games, and mm. I thought, you know what, I want to go out and I want to buy an old game. So I went out and I bought WWE 2008. I think it was. It's the one with Shawn Michaels and Triple H on the front cover. The green yeah, 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 yeah. Bought that, and then I looked around the corner, and lo and behold, what was there? But the Lord of the Rings movie game. For the original oh, yeah. Xbox, and I was like, "Do you know what? I now the wrestling game was was two pound, and the Lord of the Rings game was one pound fifty, and I was like, that 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 is, that's and I only had three quid on me, so I nicked him. <laughs> I was like, that's entertainment to the fucking max. Got home, Paul. Three pounds. Got home, Paul. And guess what? Go on. None of them are backwards compatible. Ah, sucks to be you. And I'm too embarrassed. <laughs> I'm too embarrassed to go back down to CEX to ask for me £3.50 back. Do it. Go back and ask for it. Just Actually, say, it's, C- it's, C- it's CEX. They wouldn't even give you a fucking refund. The one that they'd give you store credit. Yeah. Or like a Imagine, bag of pennies. Is that like uh, taking some pornography back to a shop or something along those lines? <laughs> me. I didn't climax on these, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you just take a D, that, like, that <laughs> non-story too, that we're not non-story. Anything, anything in a hairy man that can interest you, sir? Oh. <laughs> Uh, well, I do have a voucher. Um, right, let's do Oscars first, and then there's something I want to ask you. Okay. Um, Oscars got announced. Oscar nominations. Nominations. Um, well, we'll start with top then. But Best picture. Uh, Ten now. All quite on the Western Front. I haven't seen it yet, shamefully, but it is on the list. I watched, I watched it. Um, and I, yeah, I watched it. And visually, it looks brilliant. Um, if you've seen the original All, all, all Quiet on the Western Front, it is literally just about the the conduct of war and what the soldiers have to go through. Okay, well, don't tell me I don't want ending no. spoil. Um, Avatar: <laughs> The Way of the Water. I'm just I'm just going to lock in here. It's nearly a hundred year old movie, Paul. Right? If you don't if you don't know what the end of it is, then I. Yeah. 
It's over a hundred year old walk home. I know how the ending finished. That's that was the a joke. joke. That was a joke, Paul. I was yeah, doing so the was joke. Why you, I was both to, listen. <laughs> we agree on an A B A V joke structure. We agree it was a joke. Okay. Like, you, it, the, there's definitely a joke here. Let's move on. Avatar. <laughs> yeah, speaking of jokes, Avatar, the way of water. <laughs> it's um, very bright. I, I I genuinely don't understand how it's been nominated for anything other than potentially effects. And is there is there a, a, an Oscar for um I don't know colorful scenery? I think it's the Oscar for we need to get James Cameron at the Oscars because he brings yeah. a lot of camera picks yeah. with him. Uh, Banshees of Inisherin, yes. Yes. yes, 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 yes. It, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be. It will win. It will win at least, at least one. Elvis, I still haven't seen it. Elvis is. Do you remember how great Strictly Ballroom was? Yes. Imagine that, but made by a toddler on a sugar rush. Okay, so anything by Baz Luhrmann after Strictly Ballroom? <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> right, right, okay. Pretty much. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Seen it once. Need to watch it again. I I have watched it again because I think that both of us admitted to each other the other night that I watched it the first time uh, and I was actually quite drunk and I couldn't really remember everything about it. And then I watched it the other night again. And yeah, yeah, it's very good. Banshee's good. Yeah, it's very good. I yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, it's it's got me there enough to go and I know I'm excited to watch it again. Mm-hmm. But I'm just—I think you got to be at the right place, the right time to watch that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> do you know intended. what? Do you know what? It, it, it is actually very funny. Um, the Fablemans, Spielberg's opus, apparently. I just, I just have no fucking interest. And again, just cop, copy and paste, copy and paste James Cameron quote. I think it's Spielberg's. Uh, do you remember when Martin Scorsese did Hugo? Mm-hmm. About sort of a cinema in, I think, France, early 1900s, summer. And I think this is like Spielberg doing his movie about movies. I know, but let's be honest. Steven Spielberg, any movie that he's made in the last 20 years has been that movie because every studio just lets him do what he wants to do because he's fucking Steven Spielberg. Ta. I think that's how you pronounce it. Ta. 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 No interest. Ta. I have no interest. These human, these human emotion movies or people who are mildly you know hero villain you know i have fucking nothing i'm not this is the, the reason why these kind of things are in now is because they don't want anyone you know and i will quote a movie here this isn't a quote from me going full retard yeah. this is this is the reason why these kind of movies get nominated top gun maverick um i, I suppose but again it, it, it it's probably just Tom Cruise catchment area. Let's get Tom to the Oscars. If Way of Water was getting a Best Pitch nomination and that wasn't, then it'd be a travesty. Top Gun Maverick mm. is what Way of Water should have been. Yeah, it, it it looks brilliant. Looks brilliant. It's actually people have made this film by flying jets and creating these mag- magnificent scenes rather than just screensaver PowerPoint. Whatever but you know, I am. I am enjoying. I am enjoying the fact that they are putting blockbusters now in contention for Oscars because for too long, blockbusters and you know big money movies have been looked at as just yeah. you know cinema fodder, and there have yeah. been lots of really, really, really great blockbusters that have been completely overlooked. Triangle of Sadness sounds like it's. Please give us an Oscar. 
Yeah. Um, women talking also sounds like it's. Yeah. We're going well, for the Oscar. Francis, do you know what? Is Francis McDormand nominated for an Oscar? Uh, because no. No, because I, I I seen that she is in that movie and I was like, well, okay, I never heard Francis McDormand nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, and it's it's like fucking Meryl Streep. So best actress, Kate Blanchett. By the way, we're not doing the Razzies. I can't be fucking asked with them anymore. Nominating a twelve year old kid for no, just nominating a twelve year old well, kid. Well, they did. No, they, they, but that's that's only, that's, but that's no, only that's but that's only that's only like a that's only like a, a a recent thing. They've taken that down and they apologised. You know. Yeah, so. yeah, but for me, it's like I always had a bit of a laugh with it. I never understood some of them. It's like, nah, there's fucking worse films out there than that. But then they just they, they just think we need to get people talking about us. So let's nominate a twelve-year-old, and it's like Maybe. fuck off. Uh, Kate Blanchett, Anna de Armas, uh, Andrea Riseborough, Michelle Williams, Michelle Yeoh. Oh, I, I want Michelle Yeoh to win that, she, even if it's like just as a, even if it's sort of. I mean, I mean, I can see Anna de Armas maybe in with Hollywood's a shout Hollywood sweetheart. She's the sweetheart at the minute. She's the new Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. except doesn't shout. Um, best actor: Austin Butler with his lip. Uh, Colin Farrell. Brendan Fraser, uh, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nye. So, uh, Oscar it's, loves a good impersonation. It's what if they it, can give one to Remy Malik for, yeah, Freddie his Freddie Mercury, which was basically put some goofy teeth in and mince around a lot. But Austin Butler was fantastic as Elvis. See, it I really think, was. I think everyone. I think everyone is looking at that and going, um, Colin Farrell. But I think people should be looking the other way and thinking maybe maybe somebody like Paul Mescal because I think they add things in like that all the time. There's always one big surprise. I'd love the surprise to be Brendan Fraser for the whale. Yeah, I did. That I'd would be that. good. Yeah, that I'd would be good. <laughs> Again, though, I don't think it would be that much of a surprise. Okay, think of it this way: Who was last year's best male actor? Oh fuck, I can't even remember. It was Will Smith. Oh yeah! After what he'd just done, <gasps> do you think Brendan Fraser's gonna get up, up and like piss on someone? No, he's... <laughs> no. What I'm saying is, how great would it be to have a good news story of Brendan Fraser holding mm. back the tears, being so gracious, he deserves this, blah blah blah. It's a good news story rather than somebody who's just know, but... slapped Chris Rock's teeth out. But Colin Farrell is a good news story as well. He's a previous yeah. Hollywood bad boy, you know, turned oh, yeah. good. Yeah. But it, it didn't act fat. It didn't go full fat. You are, you are right. Supporting actress. Hold um, on, hold on. Cat- as a as a rotund man, should uh, Brendan Fraser be uh, pulled away from that? Uh, because well, to be honest, I'm 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 actually as somebody who identifies yeah. as a, an overweight man because I am. I'd much prefer an overweight man to actually act that part. I Tim here, Tim here. Yeah, get a get I a fatty, believe- get a fatty in there. Yeah. Why are they fatty? taking why are they taking roles away from actual fatties yeah. and giving them to Well you're you're saying the truth. You're speaking your truth. Yeah. Speak I'm your speaking, truth. I'm speaking all our truth. Um best supporting actress, Kerry Condon for Banshees of Inishirin, uh Angela Bassett, Angela Bassett, Angela Bassett, and Angela Bassett. I mm-hmm. think Angela Bassett's gonna win this one. I think it might be between Angela Bassett and Angela Bassett, yeah. I think Angela Bassett um in Black Panther was definitely great, but I, I can see Angela Bassett making yeah. that later on. Um, you know, there's two speeches that I remember from that movie that had Angela Bassett in it, and Angela Bassett made both those speeches on that movie that Angela Bassett was in, and I think that Angela Bassett could, you know, just sneak up there and take the Oscar off Angela Bassett. It'd be a shame for Angela Bassett, though. Yeah, and listen, listen, Angela Bassett, 
was good, but you know, you mm. have to look at it in terms of it's her time and yeah. Bazet deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, best supporting actor, Brendan Gleeson, uh, Brian Terry Henry, Judge Hirsch. Jud, Judge. I always want to call Judge Hirsch. Jud, like, Jud, Judge. 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 Judge Hirsch. Uh, Barry Keonan, who should be winning, and Kihu Kwan, who will be winning. Yeah. Um, and then best director, McDonough, uh, Daniel Kwan, and Daniel Shyan, Shynet. I'm awful with names. Sheinert. Uh, Steven Spielberg, Steinert, and Ruben Ostlung. Uh, so Martin McDonough, please, Martin McDonough. But I yeah. can see Daniel Kwan and uh, Cheyenne uh, t- taking that one. Uh, and then there's all the usual. Look. Everyone's got um, decent decent array of nominations. Um, animated Pictures probably going to go to Del Toro because they didn't give him the, the whatever. Uh, best International Film, All Quiet in Western Front. I, think, I don't think that's got the legs to do the main one, but I think that's going to get it on that yeah. side. Yeah, I agree with uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and didn't Lady Gaga get a nomination as well? Lady yeah. Gaga, but that's music, yeah. isn't it? She she done a song. Best original song, Hold My Hand from Top Gun. Anyway, so yeah, it's happening. Um, Oscars, we'll probably do a full episode looking through the winners, the losers, the people who got slapped, and the people doing the slapping. Um, right, I want to ask you a question. We've question spoken before. Up. Excuse me? I said question me up. Okay, uh, we've we've spoke before about the Mandela effect. You know, like yeah. things you remember from films or TV that didn't actually happen, but everybody believes they do. Mm-hmm. What I want to ask you is, how does the end of the Queen song "We Are the Champions" go? Of the world. So it's "We Are the Champions," <clears throat> and then what? Of the world. Yeah, of saying? the world. Are we because get in trouble? Probably. But what we're doing is we're being satirical about it. Okay. So we're doing a pastiche. What I want to tell you is, have you ever sat and heard this song all the way through? Uh, well, Ready? You know of oh. the world. Can't hear it. Because nothing's happening. It doesn't end of the world. It just goes, we are the champions, we are the champions, and then fades out. The whole of the world never happens. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you don't believe me, do you? I'm not, and I'm going to check this. <clears throat> if you go back and listen to Queen, we are the champions. It doesn't end with a big of the world. And I would as well. No, well, never happened. I'm going to listen to it now. So <laughs> you can edit this bit, you can edit this bit out. You, or... can, you could skip to the last 15 seconds if you don't mind. That'd be great. Meanwhile, I'm going to talk to the listeners while I'm skipping through Spotify. James Gunn, um, brand new uh, news that has just dropped on Tuesday evening. James Gunn has uh, announced the upcoming slate for the DC Universe. What he's saying is he believes this is the time to reboot the whole uh, universe. He's talked through some films that are coming. So Shazam is going to be coming out in March. And then we're going to be having uh, Aquaman later in the year. The Flash, uh, James Gunn has now said he's going to reset the whole universe. And then further down the line, we're going to have uh, Blue Beetle uh, that's going to come out there. Um, And then it's going to be this whole new DCU. And from some of the films and some of the ideas that he's putting forwards, this is more Guardians of the Galaxy than Avengers. Let's put it that way. I think it's going to be a long time before we see 
the Justice League as you know a, a group in this universe. First we- of all, though, just quickly tell me, did you just listen to the end of the song? I did, Paul, and I'll be honest with you, I'm shocked. <laughs> it doesn't finish like that, does it? I'm shocked. <laughs> of the world. And it's yeah. like, it doesn't happen. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to begin. Now, uh, one of the main um, announcements he made was that Superman is going to be back. Um, he's actually said James Gunn has come out firing um, with regards to the Henry Cavill piece, saying that Henry Cavill was he was brought back for a cameo in Black Adam, but Aye, he was what? never... For but what? he was no, no. But he was. He said he was dicked around by the last executives, because James Gunn says we've never actually cast Henry Cavill to fire him. In our Superman, mm-hmm. in our universe, we haven't cast Henry Cavill, and the story they're going to tell with Superman Legacy, which is actually announced for July eleventh, twenty twenty five. Even though there's no actor, no director, um, Gunn's writing the screenplay for it, and we're going to have Superman Legacy. He's going to cast his own, and he is just drawing a line under everything. Flashpoint is going to be massive in terms of resetting a universe. But when you listen to that five minutes that he spoke, and I will say this, I'm excited for this universe. I really am excited because I think he has a vision. But he hit that note hard when he said Flashpoint will change everything. Yeah. He's, he's really insisting yeah. that this is going to be... I wouldn't even be surprised if Barry Allen comes back through and is a different Barry Allen. And they've filmed, a, they've filmed an ending and not told Ezra Miller. Yeah. And Grant Gustin comes walking out of a portal or something and get on with your job, you know. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a true detective-style TV show uh, called Lanterns. Love Green it. Lanterns. Love, love it. it. As, soon, as soon as I heard him say that, love it. Gritty. Dark stories with lanterns patrolling the galaxy. Yeah, I'm that, that is what that is what the difference was between DC and Marvel in the first place. Yeah. DC DC was the dark world. DC was the gritty world, and that's what they should be fucking hanging their hat on. Uh, the Batman Part Two is coming. Um, it's not called the The Dark Knight Rises, which is a real shame. October third, twenty twenty five. Uh, so we've got a couple of years to wait for that. Yeah, uh, the Wonder Woman world is getting um, a TV show. Basically, it's called Paradise Lost, and it's Game of Thrones-style series uh, on Paradise Island. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lots of boobies. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Amazon boobs, Mm -hmm. Um, but tasteful. Uh, There's going to be a Swamp Thing reboot again. Horror? A Swamp Thing horror movie? Yeah, horror. That's Yeah. yeah. That TV show was great, by the way. (laughs) I really I enjoyed that. I didn't watch really it. Good. I didn't watch it, but I have watched the two previous Troma Swamp Thing films, and I hope they're very close to it. No. The TV show I thought was great. Well, then I don't uh, want to watch it. Oh, well, okay. Shite. Go and watch it. Um, so we've got all the ones that are going to be written out, so God help us. Uh, and then The Authority is in the works. There's a, an Amanda Waller TV <laughs> show coming for HBO Max. Uh, um, and the, the main thing he was stressing is that all of the content, the universe, is going to be interconnected through games, animation, comics, well, some comics, TV shows and films. It's going to be the same characters, the same voices, the same universe. It's all going to be interconnected. I like that idea, but I still resent. I mean, they're doing a, a Batman film with Damian Wayne mm-hmm. as the Robin. I Do I then have to go and play... Gotham Knights 2 to understand what Damien did after I, the film and I, I don't do I have think, to watch the cartoon so. shows like I do with Marvel at the no, minute no, no, to no, know no. what I, films are doing? I ho- well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that that's not, not the case. What, what I think he's more pointing out the fact is that 
there's going to be more consistency uh, with regards to uh, the worlds that they are actually living in. I don't think storylines and stuff in games are going to be, you know, attaching movies together. I think what he's just trying to point out is the DC world has been disconnected for the last 15 years and any movie that's come out has, has nothing to do with each other um, so I think he's just trying to point out that everything that we do from now on in the future is going to have a, a, a linear line and not some non-linear universe Um. so yeah look I'm excited I'm, I'm actually excited for the Flash movie more than anything uh, just because I want to see what I think they're going to bastardise it. I really do think it's getting chopped up and mm. there's new bits being filmed. The Ezra Miller is being cast off here. He's he, They're not showing anything with him in it. No. They don't want to go anywhere with him. Anything they're releasing is pre-recorded interviews and carefully edited. Yeah, and they, I'm, can't, I'm sure they can't fucking trust him. Yeah, and I'm sure he's an all right. You know, he's, he's probably recovering he's not, or whatever. He's no, not. Well, <laughs> he's not, Paul. So, uh, what do you what did you want to talk about? You said you sent me a link well, this week for it, it was to do with this because I knew that James Gunn was was going to be making this wee speech, this wee five minute interlude as to you know moving the the DC universe on. So it just got me thinking. I wanted I looked a wee bit into obviously Batgirl, but then it led me down a wee bit of a, a, a wormhole as to movies that have been pitched in the past and that have been cancelled. Um, so whether that is movies that have already been made and cancelled or whether it's movies that have been, you know, in production and directors and scripts being written and then cancelled off. <clears throat> so the first one that took up my fancy um, was George Miller's Justice League. Yes. So, yeah. So Mad Max's George. Now this was going to be obviously, you know, uh, pitch black. It was made around the time of when Batman Begins, Superman Returns was coming out. So they were going mm-hmm. to try and interconnect uh, these two worlds together. Um, Superman was DJ Katrona. Uh, Army Hammer was going to play Batman. Uh, Megan Gale <laughs> was going to be Wonder Woman. Common uh, was Green Lantern. Adam Brody was going to be the Flash. Yes, and, I remember that. Yeah, and Jay Barshall was going to be uh, Maxwell Lord. So it was everything was ready to rock and roll, and then the. Australian Film Society went on strike because they were going to be filming in Australia. Then the writers went on strike. And then a tiny movie called The Dark Knight came out. And Warner Brothers realized, you know what, there's probably more money in Batman than there is in putting all these things together. So we'll just shelve that. I mean, what were it going to be called? Justice League Mortal, was it? Mortal, yeah. Yeah. I'd have loved to have seen that. George Miller. Justice George League. And then, and then that led me on to the next one, which was uh, Batman Year One by Darren Aronofsky. Yes, no, I like now. I like Darren Aronofsky. It's quite I like him. divisive. I like him. I, but, I like a lot. But of I'm stuff. gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, right? Have you ever watched a Darren Aronofsky movie twice? Don't lie, N- Noah. Oh fuck off! I watched Noah twice. I've seen it I, twice in my life. He has made some. He has made some really good movies. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm giving you this. Yeah, yeah. never, never have I watched them twice. So he was gonna do. He was gonna do Batman Year One, um, and it would have been made with obviously Batman Robin. Joaquin Phoenix was going to be Bruce Wayne. He wanted it to be uh, an R rating 
as well. And as soon as that came, the conflict started because Warner Brothers didn't want to do an R-rated superhero movie. So they then had to push it off and then they pushed it on to the Batman. See, this reminds me, I'm not saying it reminds the the director, but Tim Burton's Superman lives. Yeah. That's probably as close to a film getting made before it gets pulled. To have Nicolas Cage in the 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 costume fitting. How much did they say they spent on the Superman costume for Nick Cage? 20, 25 grand or something? I think, I think it was more than that, man. I think it was more the than that. Incredible amounts of money they put into that. And, but you know what? Looking back at some of Tim Burton's stuff, I don't know if I'd have wanted to see his Superman. No, no. I'll tell you this right now, right? I was looking through Disney Plus the other night and I couldn't find anything. And Ed Wood popped up. Johnny Depp, Ed Wood oh. popped up. Ah, oh, fuck off. It is an outstanding movie. An no, absolutely not. outstanding movie. Don't even chat shit. Okay. It's not realized. <laughs> right. It's... Next one. Next one. No, average. I had forgot all about average, this, pa- this part of the movie. Average Shut Tim the Burton. fuck up. I'd forgotten all Johnny about this Depp part. Right? Remember... Yep. Guillermo del Toro was supposed to make The Hobbit. Yes, I do. And I regret every day he didn't. And uh, do you know what? I don't know why. <clears throat> I don't know why this completely skipped my mind, right? And it now makes complete sense as to why those three movies were absolutely shite. You know, it now makes sense as to why everything was CGI. It now makes sense as to why everything, you know, looks so rushed and why they did it in that fucking, I don't even know what it's called, that digital kind of framework thing that they mm. did for the shots. It was like a faster frame rate or something. I don't know what it was like. It was, it was like putting your TV on dynamic mode now. It's it's yeah. more, it's 60 frames per second, I think it was. Shut up, nerds. I can, I can hear you. I know it's yeah, probably yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, there's more frames in it, so it looks like you're watching a soap opera instead of a, a, a motion picture. It adds it adds depth without needing the 3D glasses. It yeah. obviously doesn't come out of the screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to me, it, it adds a lot more depth, better color. Um, the, the the motion it's a lot it's a lot smoother when you're watching people run and move and jump and bounce. But for me, it's just too off putting that that yeah. is not what what we're conditioned to see films as. And and- I think that's why it failed. At, and not all the movie was shot in it. No, just some some action scenes. Just yeah. the action sequences, and it just is just yeah. so off putting. And the one thing that got me in the head when I read that was we could have had a Hobbit that looked like Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, and I was like, oh, <laughs> and, imagine Del Toro doing the. And uh... It would have been two movies. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, where would you have cut it in half? Where would you? I mean, for me, I'd have. I wouldn't Probably. have added all that bollocks on at the end. I wouldn't have added the bollocks at the end. I wouldn't have had, there's a lot. I mean, you could take the Hobbit book, add it out into two films, and you've got two solid two and a half hour films. You, you, could. you could. You could make it into a solid fucking hour 45 as well, because like, there's not a lot of oh, content in the Hobbit. No, there isn't. But in terms of if you want to make it an epic, you could do a two-parter, two yeah. and a half hours, you'd get, you know, you'd, you'd do all right there. But for, for what were the three hours each over three films? It was those films. Were, we haven't done those yet, but mm-hmm. it always fills me with dread when I want to do a, a Lord of the Rings marathon because I've got to start with the three Hobbit yeah. films before I get to the good stuff. You see, I I, I just wouldn't. I, I would just go by memory and just pretend that I've watched the three. <laughs> <laughs> but right, the next just, one, the next one, yep. the next one, the next one. So Obviously, Batgirl was filmed and shelved, and we don't know if we're going to go see it. But then that reminded me of 
the Jerry Lewis movie, The Day the Clown Died. Right? Have you right. ever heard? Of, have you ever heard of this movie? I have. Okay. So basically, the movie is about a a, a clown in Germany, and he is imprisoned in a camp, you know, one of the Holocaust camps and for impersonating Hitler or taking the piss out of Hitler. And in the camp, he tries to make people happy. You know, a bit like that fucking, what was his name? Pinocchio guy, Italy guy, jumping over the seats in the Oscars. Yeah. Life is beautiful. Is that what yes, it was called? Life is beautiful. Like, yeah. and it, it, yes, his name he was, was. He was shielding his blah, 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 blah. son. Benizio, Benizio something. Linguini. Yes, his name was her, um, Linguini. Lui, la, yeah, yeah. yeah. Polo, L- Luigi Polo Linguini. Fungi, yeah. Polo Fungi Calzone. Him, that guy. That yeah. guy. But this one, apparently... Roberto Benigni. Roberto Benigni. See, I nearly got it right, Linguini. Um, so apparently this movie was so atrociously off-colour, so atrociously um, made. The jokes were horrendous. Um, it was pulled. See this film atrociously off-putting, yeah. says the sun. It was pulled by Jerry Lewis himself, and he said and swore that the movie would never be seen. Now, the copyright obviously moved on after Jerry Lewis died, and there are a few people within the world who have seen this movie. Now, I will quote the Simpsons' Harry Shear, the famous fucking you know comedian Harry Shear, and I quote. <clears throat> This movie is so drastically wrong. Its pathos, its comedy are so wildly misplaced that you could not, in your fantasy of what it might be like, improve on what it really is. So, yeah, I really want to fucking see that movie. Like, I really want to see it. With all my being, I want to see this movie. This is one of these things that I've I've been reading about for, do you know what, like you read these things when you're younger? I must have read about this the first time when I was like 13, 14. And I just keep thinking to myself, I'm, I need to see this movie. I want to see this movie. Have you heard of a John Markovich film um, called 100 Years? I have not. It was made, it's an upcoming, <laughs> Wikipedia describes it as an upcoming experimental science fiction film uh, <laughs> written by John, yeah, written by John Malkovich, directed by Robert Rodriguez. I thought um, you were going to say something like written by John Malkovich's penis. Yeah, that's experimental. All right. It was advertised in 2015 with the tagline, the movie you will never see. It's due to be released in cinemas on November 18th, 2115. They've made a film with an international ensemble. They haven't said anything about it. They haven't said what it is. It's a secret film, secret roles. They've made a film and then locked it away and nobody will see it for 100 years. Nobody alive now will ever see that film. But we all know that's a lie. What, until Markovich dies and then they'll just put it on Netflix? We all know it's a lie. that HBO Max already have the rights to this fucking movie. And HBO Max, you know, whenever they get to the end of, I don't know, last of us and they're shitting themselves because you know george r, r. martin still hasn't brought out something new they'll go ah here's the fucking day the clown died and here's fucking that's maybe john Malkovich that wrote his penis isn't the man who killed don quixote one of the story of him making that film terry gilliam well, is i lost in la mancha lost in la mancha it was insane yeah the amount of shit i want to do an episode on 
just that whole time of him trying to make that film. Paul, guess, like, we haven't even talked about this. What did I watch last night? Jabberwocky, uh, directed <laughs> and written by Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam, yeah. <laughs> well, and Terry Jones co-directed, but anyway, still, you know that's yeah. that's a. But anyway, the next one, the next one, yeah. And um, this is one that I'm really interested in. Now, I'm not saying I want to see it, but I'm really interested. In, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this from. <clears throat> it's from the Independent, right? So it's about movies um, that were cancelled. Blah blah blah. Whatever. So mm-hmm. I want you to listen to this. It's called 10 Things I Hate About Life." Right. Few cancelled films have proven as controversial as 10 Things I Hate About Life, a spiritual sequel to Jill Gergil Junger's 1999 hit, 10 Things I Hate About You. The the film which focuses on two characters who meet while attempting to take their own lives and fall in love was to star Evan Rachel Wood and Thomas McDonnell. Two months of the filming took place in 2012, but had to be abandoned due to Wood's pregnancy and management changes at the film's production company. Through the production, uh, or sorry, though the production had been meant to resume in 2013, it never did. Producers have sued Wood for breach of contract, while Wood's lawyers have alleged that she has never adequately paid for the work already completed. I'm more horrified about the setup of that film. Oh, I, I've got so many questions. <laughs> Hollywood is obsessed with the meet you out there. They're, I, they're bumping so, into each other and, oh, what are you doing here? And it just happens to be two people about to die. Do you remember that movie? Jesus do you Christ. remember that movie where the 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 geeky kind of, you know, smart girl, popular girl, you know, falls in love with the fucking rogue kind of guy? Yeah, yeah. Well, if I got the sequel for you, it's not based on the same people, but it's based on two people who are going to kill themselves, maybe stand next to each other while jumping off a bridge, and they fall in love. What's it got to do with the original? The titles? Similar? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> well, Keith Ledger's dead. Um... Do you think Gambit's ever going to be made? Yeah, I can't see it. Channing Tatum? No, Channing Tatum's too old for Gambit now. Nah, he's, he's He really he's, what, is. 25? 26. What? <laughs> Channing Tatum is like 73. Did you see how low did you see how low his balls were in fucking Magic Mike? I hope he wasn't Magic Mike now. <laughs> no, actually, I didn't see how low his balls were. Well, I did, and I had a very scientific investigation of his area as well. All right. He's, he's 42. Yeah, wow. he's too fucking old for gambit. All right, okay. They'll get it. It'll be what's his name then? Basically, who can do a southern drawl? Fastbender. Yeah, get him in for everything. <laughs> um, yeah. Is that it? Is that your presentation to this class? Fuck me. That was like 10, 15 minutes of content, Paul. What the fuck do you want from me? <laughs> right, wrestling films. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we were going to do a menu. Um, what I need to ask you is, my friend, have you got these written down? <laughs> See, this is this is this is a look into the life of Cormac and Paul here, right? Because not not only not only have we kind of forgotten the movies that we we're doing, but it was a see. I was all. I'm going to be honest. I was on the button. 
and I watched all these movies two weeks ago and I was like, bam. And I, I even bragged to you on WhatsApp. I am so ahead. Like I am oh, so yeah. ahead. I am so ahead of it. Now I have stopped writing notes about a year ago. Right. So <laughs> I need to do this off the top of my head. And, and I have to make a confession as well. <laughs> so go on. The, the four movies were this, the four movies were, Right, uh, we were going to do a menu, but instead we're, we are going to talk about these films, but we're also going to talk about all the rest because I think we've yeah. missed quite a lot out. Ton, so basically, the episode, let's let's at least say what we're going to do this week. So it is wrestlers who turn to acting. Yeah. Now, some of you might think that is a bit of a uh, oxymoron in itself, wrestlers becoming actors, but these are ones fuck who fuck you, and these are the ones who turn up in films and spread their joy throughout. Now. So, Cormac, you will tell us what the, the menu was and we'll quickly go through those films. <laughs> so, movie number one was three ninjas go to uh, White Doom Castle Mountain. or something. Yeah. yeah. Ninja now, basically, Yeah. Now, uh, this is basically... Go on. This is where this is where my confession comes in, Paul. <laughs> 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 so, I watched Three Ninjas and right. I watched it the whole way through and I was like, right, okay, no worries. So I watched that. Then I watched Frog Time, uh, Hell Comes to Frog Time. And Great. then Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Yeah. And then I watched the two Jesse the Body movies. So I watched Predator and I watched Running Man, which were who hasn't fucking, seen them? Yeah. Uh, yep. Absolutely fantastic. And then I watched fucking, I paid $3.49 uh, on Amazon Prime to watch Ready to Rumble. And I was like, fantastic. Then I was sitting there this morning and I'm thinking, right. Do up me wee list of what I want to say and what I want to talk about. Then it popped into my head, Paul. I was like, I can't remember there being a wrestler in Three Ninjas. <laughs> you watched the wrong one, didn't you? And then I realized I watched the first Three Ninjas when their father was an FBI agent and that guy who was pretending to be Steven Seagal was trying to kill their father. <laughs> and I, I convinced myself that the guy who looked like Steven Seagal was probably a wrestler at some point. And then I looked at the actual picture of that the that one and Hulk Hogan was in it. And I was like, oh, I, I, I can't remember. I can't remember Hulk Hogan being in the movie that I watched. And then and then I seen like fucking Reba McIntyre was in it and fucking uh, Jim Varney was in it. And I was like, hold on. According to now to Wikipedia, like this nin- three ninjas movie is the third one in the in a five oh, yeah. Arc series. Yeah, so yeah. How the fuck was Hulk Hogan and Jim Varney and Reba McIntyre not in the first one? Oh, they got brought in to beef up the beef up the cast. So basically, we, yeah, so we're talking about all, we're going to go through, so we were going to do a menu, like I said, my notes are scattered in the wind, they're in another car, in another county or somewhere, I don't fucking know, and you have watched the wrong film, so we're basically, but what, because the Royal Rumble was gone this week, by the way, I'm nearly 40 years old, I can't still recovering. Still I can't recovering. stay up, yeah, I'm still recovering, I, the, the, the show started at 1am, and I didn't have a kip, like I normally do. And it finished at half five in the morning. That's not time to go into bed. Paul, I don't think it helps that you're drinking from probably like six o'clock in the afternoon. No, no, that, that doesn't yeah, help yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, I think if you were like, you know, listening to Green Sleeves, uh, you know, uh, waking up at one o'clock in the morning and watching the Rumble and then going back to sleep, I think you could have done it. I, I might have done, but we'll never but know. Sinking, but sinking fucking uh, Jack Daniels and Coke from six o'clock in the afternoon oh, until know. five in the morning. Yeah. Um. So look, we've got Hulk Hogan. 
was in Three Ninjas at High Noon. May I just say the reason I picked this was for originally for a fish dish. Box office gross, $308,000. Um, officially has got 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Paul, have I, have I ever told you the story of my first date? Uh, didn't you take her to see fucking Gremlins 2 or something? What was no, it? Gremlins 2? What fucking age am I? No, it was Mr. Nanny. With Hulk that was it, Mr. Nanny. Yeah, Mr. Mm-hmm. Nanny. Yeah. And, and, did, she brought, did you... and, and she brought her sister. Oh, not in a, not a euphemism. Yeah. No, nope. she, brought... she actually just brought her sister. Imagine trying to trying to get a finger watching Mr. Nanny. Paul, I was like seven years old. So you could have been, oh, 1990 was Gremlins 2. You could have. What year was Mr. Nanny? I don't know. Well, if you were seven, that would have been what night. But you know what else popped into my head when I was when I realized that I watched the wrong movie? Another great wrestling movie with Hulk Hogan in it. Suburban Commando. I love that. And The Undertaker was in it as well. I couldn't. I used to watch that as a kid. Nineteen early nineties, it came out, and I used to watch Suburban Commando, and it was just fucking brilliant. Christopher Lloyd, you know, and and the two bad bad guy bounty hunters sent sent after Ramsey. One of them was The Undertaker. Yeah. And I remember watching it like, it can't be The Undertaker because he's an undead mortician that wrestles. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's what blew my fucking mind too. Yeah. And it, it's that at that age where I'm beginning to think, someone's not right about this wrestling. <laughs> it was that, I was that age when I'm watching it like, nah, something's not right here. See, this was like my th- this is like my my Batman Forever realization came that not all things went in the movie and not everything was shot in chronological order. <laughs> See, Hogan got his big break in Rocky Three, and Hulk Hogan is don't get us wrong, we are not doing the best wrestlers turned actors right now because no. Hogan is not up there. But he he looks the part, he sounds the part. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Three playing th- Thunderlips. I mean, Hogan just Hogan what, he, he, was, he was a just, superstar. That the, yes. people have to realize this that Hogan yes. Hogan was. The very first and will always be the, and it doesn't matter how big The Rock is, and it doesn't matter how big fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin or anything, the new wrestlers, John Cena and all that, Hulk Hogan, hands down, is the biggest wrestler that has ever walked the earth. And I'm not talking in size. He is the biggest wrestler to ever walk the earth. Yeah. as much For as much as Austin and The Rock, well, The Rock especially, household name, yeah. John Cena, they were massive in wrestling terms. You know that you, but you cannot have a, a Mount Rushmore of wrestling without yeah. Hulk Hogan on it. But you, you have to look at it in he terms was like huge, that. yeah, huge in terms of this as well. No social media, no you know, in media industry like we have today, no cinema industry like we have today. If you had a, I always say, right, there's always like a couple of people who you could go into the darkest jungle in Vietnam and and find a guy living in a hut. You could show him a picture of Princess Diana. He would know who it is. You could show him a picture of Michael Jackson. He would know who it is. You could show him a picture of David Beckham. He would know who it is. You could show a picture of fucking Hulk Hogan and he will know who he is. I swear every time you come out with that uh, that argument, you add another person onto it. You could show him a picture of Bob Carroll, geez, he will know where it is. You can show him a picture Spit the of, dog. You can show him a picture of the bass player from Erasure, he'll know where it is. <laughs> I don't think bass show... I don't I don't think Erasure had a bass player ball. <laughs> there were a bit too there were seven there were seven keyboard players, but I don't think there was a bass player. <laughs> um same era then, Jesse Ventura. He was just he was I think he was just moving away from the ring just as Hulk Hogan. He was still he was still active, yeah. Ventura. Um, and we were going to talk about him, namely in The Running Man and Predator. Mm-hmm. And when you hire Jesse Ventura to act 
as a role. There's a thing about wrestlers. They're big, beefy men, all greased up and punchy, beefy. And they're great at doing fake fights and yeah. fake action. They look good on camera being big men doing action. Um, and for Jesse Ventura, Predator, iconic. The running man, it, it was that. It was a butt of the joke, but he was still fucking brilliant. It showed his rage. Hundred percent. If there is so much, if if Ventura has rage, he showed it in running. But back. this this was an era where it was all about fucking meaty men. Everyone had to be big. Like everyone just had to be fucking big. And like yeah. in and like in Predator, I I challenge anyone to tell me that Jesse the Body Ventura did not steal every single scene that he was in that movie and yeah. the exact same in running man he stole he stole every single scene that he was in a running man even like bit part ones where killian is you know uh going back and forth talking and he's part of the media team mm. and he's talking and even when killian cuts him off you can see the face change and go i fucking dare you cut me off like, yeah. You wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have done that to me, you know, five years ago when I was doing the running man, you know, and that's the kind of thing that I love about Jesse. But that Jesse, the body got me falling down another rabbit hole, Paul. Right. <clears throat> and it's a movie that he made in 1991 called Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. Jesus Christ. OK, where's this? One ha- going? Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Paul, quite possibly the worst movie that I've ever seen, the worst <laughs> shot movie that I've ever seen, the worst script that I've ever heard, everything, every single thing in this movie is utter fucking garbage. And I loved every fucking minute <laughs> of it. It was superb. Sven Ollie Thorson was in it as well. So he's the, you know, the, the guard in Running Man with the big fucking yeah, yeah. buzz cut haircut. That's yeah. him. So basically, the gist of it is, um, Jesse, the body, is 10,000 years old, and he is a universal cop who goes around trying to arrest all these people who are trying to do these things. And this guy called Secundus is his old partner from a 1,000 years ago, and he's on Earth for some reason, and he makes a woman pregnant by touching her stomach. And he's looking for Earth because the kid that he puts inside her will now become him. And it's, 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 there is a scene where Secundus is walking down the street and there's a cop, two cops running after him going, there he is, stop him. And they jump out and they go, freeze, you know, blah, blah. And he turns around and he's like, uh, don't stop me. I'm going to the school to find my son. And then the guy goes, yeah, these pistols didn't work the last time. What about this? And he whips away the fucking Uzi and he's like this cop in the middle of a street. And I'm like, holy fuck. (laughs) And the effects, there's no blood, obviously, because he's a fucking intergalactic fucking, you know, traveler. There's no blood. It's just like purple lights. But anyway, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen um, Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, made in 1991, it is free on YouTube. Watch it. It's the worst piece of fucking garbage shit that you're ever going to watch, but you will enjoy it. Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. Fuck me. All right, okay. Um, and, 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 and. The poster shows Jesse the body with a red, like, laser eye. He doesn't have a laser eye. <laughs> that's another one of the, for that. False maybe that's what I'm thinking. Maybe I could fucking sue the bastard. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper 
was always the guy who most deserved a world championship. Always, always love, always love. My brother fucking loved Brett Hart. No, 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 no. He loved Brett the Hammond Hart. And then I can't remember which WrestleMania it was. It might have been WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 9, maybe, where Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, faced Brett the Hammond Hart uh, to win the the world title. He didn't win the world title. um, But I remember when wrestling started, any main event started at 12 or 1, and and it lasted three hours. And you got That's to stay up. Yeah, yeah, you got That's... to stay up and you got to watch the wrestling. And I fucking it broke my fucking little fat oh, 10-year-old heart that fucking Rowdy Roddy Piper couldn't beat him. And it was all that storyline as well, because wasn't Rowdy Roddy Piper married to Bulldogs, British Bulldogs sister, or was no, it Bret Hart? Bret Hart was married to uh, Rowdy's sister. Bulldog, Bulldog was married. No, bro. Hot Rod was just a, a friend of the family. Bret Hart's sister was married to Bulldog. Right. Okay. I I thought Roddy Roddy Piper was part of that family as well. He was. It won't, it was. I think he was just old friend kind of thing. Rather. Right. Than okay. 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 Intrinsic. But they were good friends. Absolutely. Definitely good friends. But Roddy Roddy Piper was in They Live from 1988, and this is a this is a classic. I've seen it once. You know what? I had great fun with it because yeah. of Piper. It was it was probably one of the better performances from a wrestler I've seen. Yeah. Acting. Uh, and that that includes The Rock and Batista. Well, maybe not Batista, but it's all it's up there. And Rowdy Roddy Piper was really good. They Live was great. It just it did what it needed to do as a film. If, if, it, if it, anybody it, if anybody hasn't watched They Live and they haven't witnessed themselves the five minute fight scene in the alleyway, yeah, my God, you have never lived. You have ne- like it is the most honest brawl that you'll ever see. They 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 are exhausted. <laughs> And they, they keep going. St- <laughs> yeah, they keep going, and they stumble over each other. And you is know, that with Keith David? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And the stop, and they gather the breath. And yeah, they start fighting again. An amazing fight five. sequence. And and that's and again, that's why I love wrestlers because they tell stories through fighting, and it, and it tells a story. Hell comes to Frog Down is a completely different kind of story. I oh, yeah. first watched this. Somebody suggested I watch this on Twitter during pandemic, um, because basically I'm like, give me something to watch. I need something to watch. Help me. Somebody said, hell comes to Frogtown. So I watched it and it's just changed my life. <laughs> I cannot understand how, how did this film, I hate to say it, but how did this film get made? They just don't make movies like this anymore. No, they don't. Like they, they don't. don't, they don't make movies like this anymore. This was peak 80s movies for me. Yeah. In terms of like sci-fi, where, where can we go with this? Sam Hell is a convicted rapist. <laughs> and that's how we first meet Roundy Roddy yep. Piper. He's a rapist. So, he's a rapist. And the reason why he's suddenly saved from prison is because he's the most fertile man in a world of infertile men. Mm-hmm. He can spread his seed around and instantly makes him attracted to all these women. And they they just drop the pants at any minute because he can put a baby in there. He can stick a bun in the oven. And I like, and I like within the first three minutes of the movie, um, the girl who has accused him of rape then realizes that she's pregnant and decides that, uh, yeah, he didn't rape me because now I'm pregnant. Yeah. Can't have happened. Can't have happened. <sighs> it was a different time. The do- the won't make it. But even, even if you take away all the rape, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, just forget, excuse the rape for a moment. And do you know what? The rape is both ways. 
oh, he's 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 forced upon himself into a <clears> number <throat> of occasions. He he says, to, no, we can't do this. We, no, no. Sentinella, I'm not, I'm not Sent- doing it. hold no, on. No, he he said it. he said no. no, and Sentinella still jumped on top of him. That's assault, Paul. That's assault. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we did only witness him being sexually assaulted. Yeah, we didn't we actually. Only, we only I, heard. We only heard he was a rapist, Paul. <laughs> it was conjecture. It was hearsay and conjecture. Did, was he convicted in a court of law? I don't well, think he was. Well, I, I think him sitting with the the, the shock underpants. Uh, oh you yeah, know, that could. Yeah, that, that could. I think that was the court of law. Hell Comes to Frogtown is a world where a nuclear disaster has wiped out the bulk of the human race. Those that are still left are infertile, apart from a small handful, including Rowdy Roddy Piper. And he's sent on a mission into a a land of mutated humans who have mutated into frogs to do something and bring somebody back. And along the way, many women take their clothes off and try to have sex with them. It's great. It's great. And, you know, the the one thing that popped in my head as well, the guy who played, I'm trying to remember his name. The old man, when he goes in to Frogtown and it's Frogtown. his old, it's old mentor. Oh, <laughs> yeah, go on, carry on. Anyway, that's fucking Rory Calhoun. That is, uh, that is 50s, 60s. Uh, fucking Hollywood movie star Rory yeah. Calhoun how to marry a millionaire yeah yellow tomahawk that's yeah. Rory fucking Calhoun and hell comes to Frogtown he needed the work apparently uh, Rory Calhoun has always also been in Deadbeat at Dawn Tammy and the oh no that's <laughs> I'm reading Rory Calhoun's films and no this is other, <laughs> other films I just watched from Frogtown and they're like Rory Calhoun wasn't in Maniac Cop or Tammy and the T-Rex <laughs> and Cal- do you know what do you know what else I'm going to say um, Sangle Bergman uh, was in this movie. So Sangle Bergman was obviously um, in Conan the Barbarian and Red Sonia. She won uh, a Golden Globe for her appearance in Conan the Barbarian as Best mm-hmm. Newcomer, right? Yeah. And six years later, she's starring in Hell Comes to Frogtown. Hal Berry did Catwoman a few years after Monsters Ball. Well, what I'm going to say is she strikes me as the kind of girl who Steven Seagal would have loved because she's a really, really good looking girl too. Like all right. All right, Roddy Piper. Solid, keep it in your she's a solid, she's a solid unit. So let's let's <laughs> go for the for the big hitters then. Rock Cena Batista. Modern day superstars. The rock is a superstar. We'll come on to him in a minute. John Cena has not been doing too bad. I think he was a bit he, wrestlers when they go into acting they always seem to do a couple of serious roles to stretch the legs maybe a bit part then they'll do a like a blockbuster and then they'll do the kids film so the rock did the tooth fairy john cena did the fireman thing where they're all in a firehouse or some shit um batista did the one with the little kid i spy or some bollocks and they go and off and do the, the family film to show that they can act or that's probably the film where they learn how to do comedy actually yeah. convincing and then they go into it and, and the rock is probably up there as one of the biggest film stars of all time M- not money, the best m- money money, money wise, wise yeah, money i would wise. i would say he is at least in the top three 
Um, but John Cena, look, he's done the, the he's done the Suicide Squad recently. He's in Fast and Furious Nine. I know the reason for that; it's money. Um, but I, I get why this does he need it. I think he needs the exposure. Why? Because he's John Cena, and he needs, he needs to be better than The Rock. And if well, you've watched wrestling, that is them two all over. Well, he, I can I, I can I, be I, honest. I can be honest with myself, right? I believe that Suicide Squad is the only John Cena movie that I've ever seen. Unless he's done a cameo. Nah, I give over. It was in um, Fast and Furious. Now, Vacation Fan Friends uh, from a couple of years ago. That is um, that is actually really funny. I really oh, enjoyed that. I've never seen another John Cena movie. Tomac, maybe other people are listening to this conversation other than just you. So, if I might suggest a couple you could watch, maybe no. other people might hear that. No? no? Okay, so Batista, he's not bad. At... <laughs> no, I've seen a couple of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vacation Friends, really good. Bumblebee, you must have seen Bumblebee. Haven't, no. Oh, me, what is wrong with you? Told you. Um, this is what I'm trying to say. I've already seen one John Cena movie. You haven't seen Daddy's Home 2? No. Okay. Or the Scooby-Doo Marine WrestleMania wasn't, Mystery. Wasn't, <laughs> what? Excuse me? Say that again? Yeah. Scooby Doo WrestleMania Mystery. That's not he a movie. A, yeah. And he was a voice in it. How long was that movie? Fred the Movie. He was in. It was Fred? in Fred 2. Fred 2. Is that a kid from YouTube? Fred 3, Camp Fred. He was played Fred's dad. How long Scooby-Doo? I don't know. Fucking four hours, 23, it says here. What? Um, <laughs> so you've seen, the, you haven't seen the Marine? Haven't seen the Marine. Ah, boom. Fuck you. Have you seen Ready to Rumble? Right. He had an uncredited cameo as a gym. What did I say at the start? What did I say at the start? You, unless you he's told... made a cameo. Unless he's made a cameo. You can reco- uh, you go back and listen to it, motherfucker. Go back and listen. A, how do you do a cameo was the first thing you're ever acting in? But I don't How is no, that a cameo? I, what, how do you exact... cameo? He's basically he's an extra. So yeah, it's not a cameo. How, yeah, did, I, how did I know he was in that movie, though? Well, you didn't, but you have seen two, John. You said, yeah, but I've never seen him. I didn't see him. Well, no, but you said, I've only ever seen one John Cena movie. Uh-huh. Ready Rumble is not a John Cena movie. It's a movie with John Cena in, so you've seen two. So you're lying. Um, <laughs> you're lying to me. You're lying to the 15 people listening. And most of all, you're listening to those music executives who are listening for the copyright thing. <laughs> Lady Gaga. I bet she's Lady Gaga. <laughs> those bastards better not play fucking poker face. Red Mercury. <laughs> Um, so Batista, Guardians of the Galaxy, Dune. Can you say Dune? Yeah, no, yeah. Um, he'll probably be back in the next one of that. He's, he's not bad as Batista, but I don't think he's had much to stretch his acting chops. He's done Stuba, which was a bit, a bit of comedy, and I Spy did a bit of comedy. It was quite, but let's be honest, he was quite let's, funny in that. Let's be brutally honest, wrestlers are too big to be serious actors. Oh yeah, to be to be a serious actor, they're always they're always going to be in that role of aha, he's he's huge. That's funny. Or yeah. fuck me, he's huge. He could fucking lift a car. You know, they're not going to be they're not going to be fucking winning any Oscars. So okay, The Rock. Do you think it's do you think it's possible The Rock could ever even be nominated? Paul, Has he got I've the never, chops in him? I've never seen The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you ever seen Moana? <laughs> no. Yes, I have. Yes, thousands of times. So The Rock is, I think he's, I think he's in danger of becoming almost a parody of himself at this time if he's in too much. There's I, a, I, there's a, I think I, you can have oversaturation of The Rock. 
I don't think I don't think he's going to become a party of himself. But what I do believe is he is going to start casting himself in movies that he wants to be in rather than movies that he should be in. You know, he should mm. never. I think we spoke about this in the Black Adam episode. He should never have been Black Adam. You know, he is he is so well known that you cannot separate Black Adam and The Rock. It is just The Rock. It's not Black Adam. It's just The Rock. I wouldn't mind. Yes, I agree that. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody's Black Adam film and them casting The Rock. But this was, he almost bagsied the role about yeah. five, six years ago and just said, no, nobody's making that without me. And he's that big. Do you think he could be bigger than Schwarzenegger? Because I, his, I his think box he, office takings yeah. are bigger. I think I think at this point he he is bigger than Schwarzenegger. I think he is more po- he yeah. is probably more popular than Arnold Schwarzenegger ever was. I think if The Rock went into politics and took that next step of fame, people actually voting. At the yeah. minute, it's a popularity contest by how many clicks you get and how many followers you get. But yeah. you you go into politics and you get people voting for you and you get that level of power. Yeah, I think that's putting him up there as I, I th- it'll be a, a movie Hollywood legend eventually. But uh, I, I, for, I for think, the films he does, and yeah, I, I think if if, Ro- if Dwayne Johnson walked into I don't know wherever Paramount or wherever and went, I want to remake Overboard, and I want to be in the Goldie Hawn uh, character. I think yeah. the executives would go one hundred percent. There's $150 million to shoot it. Good luck. There is this thing what I mentioned about The Rock, though. A lot of his roles seem to be him in a beige T-shirt or a khaki shirt and you gotta jumping around in guns. a desert or a jungle. you got to show the fucking guns. Listen, yeah. you, you fucking like that. you got you got, you got those fucking missiles. But it comes back to the size. But he is an action star. He's yeah, absolutely but you, action But star. you can never but, look past that. You can never look past that. It's like it's it, it is on a smaller scale. I think I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is supremely a better actor than The Rock. But I always watch The Rock in a movie and go, that's The Rock. There's a few times where I've watched Arnie movies and went, that's Terminator, you know, or that's CIA agent guy in fucking um whatchamacallit. <laughs> James oh, Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Terminator, yeah. That's Terminator. <laughs> you do know we are recording this, don't you? Sorry. I've got a bit of a cold and something got stuck in my throat. And don't then I'm a fucking cold. And then I lost the chain of, and then I lost the chain lost, of thought. You, you lost the you lost your own argument after <laughs> through a sentence. You were like my grandma trying to tell us what she did last week. Conan. Conan. <laughs> Why did I just go? Why did I just say Conan? Why did I just say Conan? I don't know. Okay. Um, So, Ready to Rumble was a bit shit then. Well, I'm going to say this, right? If Scott Kahn wasn't in this movie, if David Arquette wasn't in this movie, if the script had been kind of a wee bit better, um, I believe that this could have been a great movie. See, David Arquette is actually a really interesting choice because he was brought into this. Um, oh, God, when was it now? Late 90s. He actually took part in WCW wrestling. Um, and he actually won their world title. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about wrestling as... Well, imagine UFC. 
and you're watching UFC and it's not even Channing Tatum level. <laughs> I'm trying to think. But it's a bit different UFC because because Channing Tatum would have had to come in and fucked someone up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's but it's not like um it's not like that level of David Arquette as an actor. Who was he back in then? It's like Adam Sandler <laughs> getting Adam yeah. Sandler into UFC and winning their top belt, you know. Um David Arquette became, and, and he kind of it was it was hated on. He was part of this generation or this late sort of Vince Russo era and yeah. uh, all these different fucking idiots that basically um there were just when you book wrestling, it, it's like Star Wars. You've got the good guy, you've got the bad guy. You're going to build them up with smaller little fights and threats and you bring them closer together and eventually there is one big payoff and they have a big match and the good defeats evil. Never at that point does a Hollywood Hollywood actor come in and defeat somebody twice as big as him and three times as experienced. Um, and, he, and he actually released a film, a documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, on his time where he actually moved into becoming uh, a genuine yeah, I independent watched professional, uh, independent professional wrestler. He, he took part in a death match once against, not some guy I don't even want to talk about, but he took part in a death match. And one of the specific things he told this guy was, "Don't use a don't use the pizza cutter on my face." That was his spot. He used to tie a guy up in the ring, in the ring ropes, and roll a pizza cutter around on the forehead and across the face, cutting them all open. And of course, David Arquette saying. That's my moneymaker. Don't don't be touching my face. What's the first thing this guy does? Straight into, straight into his head. Um, but yeah, it's. I remember watching that a couple of years ago. I think it was on lockdown as well when I first watched it. It came out late in lockdown or something. Yeah. Um, but that and, and this sort of expanded when I was talking to you about wrestlers and actors. So wrestling movies. So David Arquette's gone from Ready to Rumble, which is uh, kids' family wrestling jokey movie into something like this great documentary, other documentaries, things like Beyond the Mat, um, which are absolutely fantastic about showing the behind the scenes of wrestling. If you're really interested to know about, you're probably not. If you if you haven't watched wrestling by now, you're not going to. But yeah. if you want to see it, it's more than just people play fighting. There is a lot of politics. There's a lot of story. There's a lot of depth behind it. Um, Darren Aronofsky, back to him. In fact, there you go. I've seen that twice as well, The Wrestler um, with Mickey Rock. Yeah, but we all fantastic. we all know why you watched that twice, and it was only to watch one specific scene. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. I enjoyed it. Um, but what about you? Can you think of any particular wrestling films or films about wrestling that? Well, you've I was enjoyed? gonna I was gonna bring up uh, Beyond the Mat because it's interesting that you said that. Um, there's also. Um, I kind of I can't remember the name of the thing. It's document yourself. Was it the rebirth of Jake the Snake? Was another one. So basically, yeah. now that obviously links in with Ready to Rumble because uh, them Dallas Page does his own uh, kind of yoga fitness uh, regime now. And, yeah, DDP yoga. Yeah, and there is a lot of ex wrestlers who have transitioned into DDP yoga and cleaned their lives up, which is fucking mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. You know, um, you got, I can't remember the guy who played Diesel. What was his name? Kevin Nash. Yeah, Kevin Nash and Razor Ramon. Scott um, Hall, yeah. <clears throat> what you've got to what you've got to know about wrestling and the reason why when we mentioned earlier, and I'm gonna get boring now for anybody who's not interested, but late 80s, mid 80s, um, Vince McMahon was in charge of WWF and he wanted big early beefy yeah. men and meaty meaty beefy men punching beefy meat and they needed to be on roids to do that 
there was yeah. a massive scandal trial in the early 90s. And that's where it all first started coming about because uh, for two reasons. One, he had to be on the stand and explain how wrestling worked and opening the door to what for 70 years was a hidden... It's like the circus. You don't really... Yeah. You're magicians, you don't reveal your secrets. It, this wrestling was an industry, even in the... in Round about to the mid-90s, late-90s. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I think it was, and the Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik was, you know, the the angry foreigner who's coming over here and going to take <laughs> angry the American Iranian. Frag. Angry Iranian. Angry Iranian. <clears throat> Hacksaw Jim Duggan walked around with a two by four and the American flag going, Ho! These two were polar opposites. They were also, one was a face, a good guy. One was a heel. The Iron Sheik was a bad guy. They were pulled over by traffic police en route to another show, both smoking weed in the car together. Yeah. And how do you explain to the public that your, your two mortal enemies decided to not only catch a lift with each other, but then share a doobie along the way? <laughs> there are so many stories and you can fall down days worth of rabbit holes listening yeah. to old stories of wrestling. Um, obviously, there's the, the, the Vice documentary series, The Dark Side of the Ring as well, which is in its third season. That is fantastic. And and Dark Side of the Ring is probably more interesting to watch about wrestling than it is the actual wrestling matches sometimes. But yeah, but I think I think I think Dark Side of the Ring is a good entryway into wrestling as well because it has yeah. that kind of it has that kind of dark tone uh, a lot of the time because let's be honest a, a lot of wrestlers in the 80s and 90s as you say their their storyline didn't end great. You know, it was a it was a very dark end for a lot. You mentioned Jake the Snake Roberts. He um, went through, it was released by WWE 93, something like that, 93, 94. It's where WWE had to move from this golden generation, your Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Macho Man, Jake the Snake, Andre the Giant. You had to move away from that into a new generation, and it was called the new generation. It was your Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Diesel, and they needed to bring in a new audience. The problem was their product was a bit crap because for the first, you know, the last 10 years, the audience that they've, they've watched, watch big beefy men on steroids punching it. Now you've got to believe guys who look like you, me, and your teacher yeah. and your brother and your policeman, them guys are superhuman, amazing, you know, and people are buying it. <laughs> and then the glass smashes. And out walks somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and and they yeah. transcend wrestling at that point. You know, that's when you get into people like Rock and stuff. They transcend that, and it's at that point where they become superstars rather than wrestlers. Yeah, I think they're still wrestlers essentially, but they are superstars. And somebody, you brought up Jake the Snake there. He he was released by WWF. Um, never never acting obviously his gimmick was he was a he was a snake he was great on promos when he was talking to the camera even in the ring he would only do moves that were sort of calculated and he, he wouldn't do anything too flashy for any reason he, he was a snake he used to, he, he hated the fact that he had this gimmick of having to carry this this damien this python around it was like a 15 foot long python that he had to to bring and because it was part of his gimmick it was part of his baggage so we had to pay the extra baggage to carry to fly him around all the time so he'd drive more than anything because he didn't want to be carrying the snake around with all these bags in his ring gear when he was released this guy was on pain medication taking mm -hmm. it you know for fun um it was on painkillers it was on probably coke it was on alcohol 
And through the he, late nineties, he, he was yeah, he was he was heroin. He was heroin for fifteen. He was on years. everything. He yeah. was, and he, I, I mean, I'm not even going to get into his background. But if you want to know, if you want a really interesting story about a, a redempted wrestler, is Jake the Snake. There was a story once. I started working at a hotel in Carlisle around two thousand and three, four, somewhere like that. And Jake had been in like the week before I started. And he was doing one of these, rest, you know, the local wrestling shows. Yeah. They, had, they had a ballroom upstairs. And he came down and he said to the guy behind the bar, what time's my show? It's like seven. And he goes, right, where can I get some food? And he goes, we've got a restaurant. He goes, no, proper food. He goes, well, the KFC up the road. Came back in with a bucket of chicken, bottle of Jack. And he goes, call me when it's ready. And they're like, we're just the bar staff. What? And he goes, and he just walks up the stairs. Yeah. Drank the bottle of whiskey, ate a bu- bucket of chicken, and there's a there's a video on YouTube of this guy, and he is worse for where he's on he's on drugs, he's drunk, and he's he's performing as a wrestler, and he's getting his knob out, and he's just doing all sorts of crazy shit, and it's a bad sign for the industry. But then you see a, a documentary like The Redemption of Jake the Snake, where he works with Diamond Dallas Page to get better, to get fitter to get healthy to get clean um and the the bit for that for me that i love about wrestling is that he was waiting for a phone call to say he said i'm ready to take part in the royal rumble the event i watched this weekend my favorite wrestling event he was waiting for a phone call and they rang him and they told him he wasn't going to be in the rumble and and his heart sank and they says we're putting you in the wrestling hall of fame Mm -hmm. and how great of a moment is that and that and and for me wrestling and movies they are about doing fake action to tell stories, whether it is live in front of you or filmed on a camera, it's people putting their, their themselves out there to tell stories. Um, and the, some of the wrestlers that come over into films, some of them are great, some of them are pretty shit, but I love them. I think that's a good way to end. What are we doing next week? Uh, I don't know. You told me earlier Ooh. on, I can't remember. Did I tell you earlier on? Yeah. Did oh. I say it in this episode? You didn't say it in the episode. I think you, you messaged me. Yeah, excellent. I'm glad I remember. So coming up next week is that thing that Cormac's about to say. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Pod Movie Chef. Follow us on Instagram at Pod Movie Chef. Find us on Facebook if you want. Um, find us on TikTok at Pod Movie Chef. Go and follow us on TikTok. Send us a message. Let me know that you're looking at our videos. We're going to be putting stuff on there. Uh, next week is going to be it's going to be, we are going to recast the Justice League. We're going to recast the Justice League. We're going to do what James Gunn's too fucking afraid to do. So Put Army Hammer in every single position. Angela Bassett as Batman. Angela Bassett <laughs> as Superman. Angela Bassett as Green Lantern. Angela Bassett as Joker. Damn fucking right. And Kerry Condon. <laughs> as a condom. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. You did so well. I know. You did so well. I'm sorry. Right. Okay. See you next week, everybody. Follow us on TikTok at Pod Movie Chef. Give us a review on Spotify. And thanks for listening. Please don't sue us.